God provides the wind, but man must raise the sails. St. Augustine. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 22 of Commoners Honing All Disciplines podcast. Um, this episode is going to be interesting, in my opinion. It's one of my favorite topics. We're going to be discussing discipline, all disciplines, that's what this is about. Uh, But specifically, this episode will be about the relationship between discipline and motivation, which is a um, often talked about topic in the self-improvement sphere, I guess you could call it. It's um, most often you hear things like motivation is useless, discipline is everything, or something like discipline over motivation. And... I think that's kind of dumb in some cases. I think it's not uh, the whole truth. It's not the whole story. So we want to give you the the truth about this relationship between discipline and motivation, how they relate to each other, and why you can't just discard one and only be focused on one because you're going to suffer in the end. You're going to suffer without that other one. Yeah, and I think to add to that, I'll, I'll add an <laughs> I'm going to add a real-life current example. I was very motivated to eat a hamburger <laughs> today. And I and I didn't have enough discipline to not eat the hamburger. So I'm currently eating burger. I'm currently eating burger, and I know I shouldn't be. But I didn't have the discipline to overcome my motivation. So this is the problem when we say, oh, discipline is everything. Well, the reality is we have motivations that are not good, right? So to say discipline can overcome everything, well, that's automatically thrown out the window when we realize, well, motivation is, is kind of a, it's a latent thing. It's simply essentially uh, a drive because of a desire, right? That's what motivation is, is, is a drive that has a desire behind it. That desire can be bad. Like people can Definitely. have bad motivation, right? And they may or may not have the discipline to say, oh, well, I know this is bad or good. Right. So so you kind of need discipline and motivation, because if you're motivated, you'll become more disciplined with a certain thing. But if you're motivated in an opposite direction, like I currently am now eating a burger, you know, my discipline is lacking. So you need to be motivated in the right direction. You need to be disciplined in the right areas. Right. And that way they can actually combine together. They can be. Uh, in unison and guide you towards a goal that can guide you towards mm-hmm. a solid uh, ambition that you may have. Yeah, there's an ideal way to to hold these two things together. Just like you don't want to be too strict with um, your emotional side versus your you know your analytical side. You want to consider both things at the same time. Same way you would consider both discipline and motivation. Um, It's a reciprocal relationship and lacking one of them will cause you to lose the other in time. Um, So what I say is that you can't maintain discipline without being motivated on a regular basis. So say you have some task that you are essentially forcing yourself to do through discipline if you're not excited to do that task on 
just to put a number on it so people understand, maybe at least like one out of every three times you do that task, you're not going to be able to maintain the discipline. Because if you're not excited about doing it, it's just going to demoralize you. Each time you do it, it's going to get worse and worse. And without that motivation to pick you back up, you're literally... Uh... <laughs> this dude is literally wiping his mouth on the mic right now or something. <laughs> My bad. Uh, it, should be, it should be quiet. But anyways, um, no, I wanted to add to that. Go ahead. I wanted to add to that. Like, uh, like you were saying, and, and that's why I'm a big proponent of like, you know, if you're going to exercise, uh, do an exercise that you enjoy. If you're going to diet or, or, you know, cut calories, you know, you should still eat foods that you enjoy. Um, you know, you, you, there needs to be this balance, right? There needs to be this balance between motivation and discipline and enjoyment of life. Because at the end of the day, why are we disciplined? Why do we choose to be disciplined, right? It ends up being because of a goal. And our motivation for the goal that comes from wherever it comes from. But the, the discipline allows the motivation to be followed through to attain a goal. So if my goal is to be fit, that's a lifelong goal. One hamburger here and there is not going to end it. Yeah, maybe it'll create a bad habit, which I know I have. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll create a bad habit or exacerbate a bad habit. But the reality is like, it's not the end of the world. One blip in your motivation, if you're consistently eating decently and consistently exercising, it's not going to be the end of the world for you. It's the inconsistency that kills. It's the lack of motivation for a long-term goal is what really kills us, you know, and discipline has to play into that. Discipline has to be like, well, I'm here for you to use as a tool, right? We only have so much agency in a day. And that's why, again, we've spoken about muscle memory and the idea of like, once you build a habit, even if you made a mistake that day or whatever, you went to the wayside, like you're still consistently doing a good habit, right? You're still consistently exercising. So your diet may not be the best, but it's not the end of the world because you're doing something good consistently, right? If your diet was consistently bad and you exercise inconsistently, well, now you're starting, now that's a problem, right? Because what is causing you to not be motivated to exercise? What is causing you to not be motivated to improve your station in life? So you have to look at that and say, well, one, are my motivations worthwhile? Are they actually good? Uh, where do they come from? Uh, like, where do they come from internally, externally, wherever? That's interesting. One thing you could say, like, if you have a, if you have the, as you just spoke about, if you have the problem where you, you can't stop yourself once in a while from going and picking up a burger, then maybe you have a problem with your discipline. But if you have uh, the opposite problem where you're like, just constantly eating out fast food and constantly not exercising, then you have a motivation issue. You're, you're not even at the point where you've started on the the path you don't have that end in sight you don't have the goal so you can't even discipline yourself towards that goal which goes to i think motivation being actually the first thing you should do everyone says discipline over motivation but the first thing you should establish is a motivation and a goal something to drive you towards and then discipline yourself to that so let's also talk about like who are the type of people that say discipline over motivation you're talking about people who are extremely high willpowered. They're better than you in this way. And that's fine. No, and that's fine. Yeah. They're better than me. 
They're better than Nordic, right? They're better than all of us at, at, at discipline. But they may not be better at motivation, which means they may stop eventually, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or probably not, but who knows? Who knows? Who cares? The idea is we're not the same as these people who have this high discipline, these high drives to do what they want to achieve. You know, you got guys like David Goggins, who's like kicking ass every day and he has a, whatever his goals are, like he just does, does whatever it takes to achieve them and that's fine because his motivations are his end goals, right? He's more on the extreme side. He's so focused on his end goal. Uh, he's willing to do anything to get there. He's willing to be super disciplined to get there. Like that's fine. Normal people aren't like that, right? Normal people don't have that drive. Um, they need something to keep them going, right? They need updates. They need changes. They need, you know, to alter their motivations to potentially do something different that's better for them, that's more good, that's more aimed at goodness. Um, so you won't be like David Goggins. You won't be like Jocko Willink, who's like extreme ownership, right? He, he, takes, he says he takes responsibility for everything in his life as a leadership style. And it's like, that may work for him because such a high, highly driven individual, highly disciplined, um, potentially highly motivated individual, but it took them a long time to get where they are. Right. Like these guys are in their forties and fifties. Now they're, they're not talking like this when they're 20, like they're very not likely talking like this when they're 20, right. Especially in the teens, right. When you're a teenager, you don't know what your motivations are. You don't know where long-term goals will be. And that's fine. Like, you yeah. kind of got to play around with those. You got to see, you know, what's best for me. What what's going to be my driving factor? And it ends up being similar things for a lot of people: uh, financial stability, being in decent health, you know, getting married, having a kid, having a few kids. Probably like these are going to be very similar goals within one another. Um, and then certain things can bring people beyond that point, right? And and obviously people see uh, is it materialism? So do people want more money? Do they want to focus on that? Is it fitness? Like people get super fit. Um, is it family life, right? What's what's the most good for individuals? Obviously, for me, I, I know what I believe. I believe it is the family. I think the family is like the number one thing. You know, family, friends, all the relationships that you have in your in your life. I think that's that's the most important thing to me. But that's not the same mm-hmm. for everyone else. So you kind of have to find what motivates you. Pick a goal and then build up discipline. Like discipline doesn't start again as a teenager. You build it up. You start with nothing and then you say, I'm motivated to do this, so I will try this exercise. Maybe you'll hate it and try it again. Maybe you'll hate it again. And then you can say, "Mm, I hated it twice, maybe a third time, and then I'll try something different. Or you just say, I really do hate this. Try something different right away. Don't don't be afraid to change up what you're doing if you hate it because chances are you're going to stop at some point anyways if you hate it. So find a starting point for your motivation, and then from there you develop discipline. Like motivation yeah. must come first. Discipline is a tool that some people have more of or less of, but everyone can learn discipline. Motivation is a very difficult thing to have. It's kind of not mm-hmm. a choice. That's your true. motivations aren't I a choice. To, really. um, discipline is. That's a good way to transition to. Uh, I had a little example to illustrate this. So imagine you're. You go to the gym and you have a particularly bad session that day. So you, you fail a couple reps, uh, you don't enjoy it, you don't feel strong, and you lose a little bit of your motivation as a result. Um, but since you're disciplined, you show up the next day and uh, fortunately the same thing happens again. You don't feel good, you fail reps, and uh, you lose a little bit more motivation, 
your morale is going to waver and you know, you'll possibly maybe skip your next couple sessions. You'll even wonder like, why do I even bother? Uh, if you have a huge amount of discipline, you can get back in on the you know the fourth or fifth day. Um, but you can see how hard it would be to maintain this because our willpower supply is limited. So you can't just keep going back to something you don't enjoy, something you don't want to do, right? With no motivation, you can't just keep doing that forever. Um, few people, as we've said, have the spirit to avoid quitting if this pattern continues. Um, and also the actual workout itself won't be nearly as effective. If you just force yourself to go through the motions, it's not the same as actually, um, as they say, having your mind in the muscles. So imagine you go now and you're totally motivated. You're excited to be there. Uh, the workout feels great. The weights feel light. You know, afterwards you just feel invigorated. You enjoy it. The workout's gonna be more effective for one um, because you just want to put the effort in. And two, you're going to want to go back the next time, and it's going to be way easier to stay disciplined. So you started with that motivated workout, uh, something you wanted to be doing, something you enjoyed. That puts you on the ability to build up a discipline now. And discipline will carry you through those times when it's, it is hard and you don't want to be there and get you back to those times where it feels good and you do want to be there. Yeah, like you have to start slowly. Like, you know, again, motivation has to come first. And when you're a teenager, a lot of the time motivation is, oh, I like this girl. I want to be in shape so she likes me more. Cool. Mm. Well, I want, to, I want to be better at sports, right? Um, you want to be smarter in school, right? Again, we use uh, exercising it as an example, but, you know, a lot of people's motivation is outside of their body. It's outside of their health. It's, it's a mental uh, motivation. They like to be smarter. They want to be the smartest guy in the room. They're going to bust their ass uh, doing academics, academic pursuits. They want to be top earners. You know, they're going to push for a more business-like approach. They're going to be doing networking. They're going to be as social as possible, right, to understand connections between individuals. Uh, they might mm -hmm. say, oh, I like, I like business a lot, but I think I need to understand psychology in order to do better in business. And they may go a psychological route and become an entrepreneur and be successful in that way. And some people say, oh, I just need to know business in order to be a businessman. And they go the business route and that's fine, but they don't understand people as well as the other guy, right? So your motivation kind of has to come from somewhere. Uh, you don't really choose where it come from. It comes from, that's the issue. But once it's there, you know, now you start to build up the discipline and start easy, right? Like a lot of people want to kill themselves when they're in the gym the first time. It's like, why, dude? Like you don't even know what you're doing. You're going to bust your ass for what? To kill yourself? To, to pull a muscle before you even start it? Like, no, man. Start slow. Take it easy. Take your time. You're in it for the long haul. You know, especially if you're a young athlete. Like, you don't want to kill yourself like that. Yeah, they say the people that actually can be consistent, like, right off the bat are more successful in the long run. So instead of, like, overanalyzing before you go in and say, what's the best workout program I can do? The more successful people just go in and just try stuff just to have fun, just enjoy themselves. And once they start to enjoy it, then they start looking at, so how can I optimize this? Like, what's the best program I could be on? What's the best way I can optimize my diet? And then they're more successful in the long run simply because they built the habit first. They became uh, motivated first. That's 
kind of the main thing we want to drive home. You won't maintain discipline if you can't motivate yourself the rest of the time. Yeah, like I love food. Okay, I love food. It took me. <laughs> you're laughing. It took me a uh, long time to figure out what the best fast food restaurant was for me, by my house, whatever. It took a long time. It was grueling. No, I'm kidding. It was easy. <laughs> but the reality is, like, even the in, in the little things, real. even in the little things that you do, even in the bad things that you're motivated to do, you kind of learn what works for you. Like, I fucking love. I'm not gonna say the restaurant, but I love a specific restaurant in my area. <laughs> it's consistent. I know what I want every time I go. Uh, you know, and I'm motivated to get fast food. I have the discipline. <laughs> This is such a bad example. I have the discipline to choose this specific fast food restaurant. I go, yeah, sometimes I like the other place. Sometimes I like this place. But this place I know is the best. I know it's going to satisfy me the most out of any place. So I'm going to go to this place every time. No BS. It's consistent. It's good. It's not good for me. But it tastes great. I, I can do what I want with my meals. Like, you know. Figure out a way to make that work in your own life, right? What what motivates you? What gets you up in the morning? And that's more of like a purpose-based thing. But again, feel free to start small. You know, for high school, it can be tough figuring out what I want to do with my life. Well, that's fine. You don't have to figure out what you want to do with your life. You can say, I'm a decently smart guy, so I'm going to take all university courses, whatever, all highest level, like a decent high-level course, right? I'm not going to kill myself and go into like the AP program, whatever, this is more of a Canadian thing, but essentially like there's a higher level that people can do in high school. That's not necessary to graduate. It's not necessary for university and universities don't look at it. So it should not mm -hmm. be taken seriously. It just means these kids are a lot smarter than you uh, in a certain subject. And that's fine. Like it doesn't really matter that much because at the end of the day, uh, book smarts are only so good to get you a piece of paper. Once you get the piece of paper, it's, it's, a, it's, you know, a dog eat dog world. The best of the best. I mean, I'll just say I was in a all AP and I'm like, I'm a, like room temperature IQ, by the way. So it's not that hard to get into. <laughs> so see, saying. if you have a, if you have discipline, uh, arguably you can do it. And I was in, I remember grade nine and 10, I would kind of sleep in class and get nineties <laughs> because like the, the material was a big joke to me. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and then grade 11 came and I kind of stopped trying. Even even then I stopped trying and, and I had more problems, right? Because it changes and I wasn't willing to rise up to the challenge and that affected my life and that's fine, right? It is what it is. Everything happens for a reason. You're going to cry over spilt milk. Well, good luck surviving this <laughs> world, man. Um, yeah. You adapt and you change and you do what needs to be done. You find new motivation when the old motivation fails. Like that's the that's the reality of the situation. And, and that's there's a discipline in being willing to look for motivation, like it's kind of like when you're lacking motivation, discipline makes up for it. Like you were saying uh, for the workout example, when you don't have the motivation to do it, the discipline makes up for it. When you have the motivation to do it, you don't need the discipline as much. You can kind of save it up almost mm -hmm. like uh, you get less exhausted, right? The discipline can, can is it. pretty exhausting, right? Um, you can save up that tool for, for later, right? When you're like, oh, I kind of – and again, and we talk about the decision-making process and building habits – if you have good habits, you don't really need to do too much to, to, to continue those good habits. Like I brush my teeth every morning and night. It's a simple habit. It's a good habit. Mm -hmm. Like it's automatic, but it's automatic. Even when I'm like, Oh, I don't feel like doing it right now. Cause it's like, whatever. I just want to go straight to bed. Right. Well, I know mm -hmm. I should do it. So I end up doing it. My discipline kicks in. Right. 
rather than the motivation to not have stinky breath, which is a pretty good motivation because, as we said, uh, he who be stinky, getty no bitchy. Um, <laughs> so, you know, have good smelling breath, and the motivation is that people will not hate you. That's a pretty good motivation because, again, if your relationships are the number one thing, we want to look good, smell good, feel good, uh, so you don't have shitty relationships, right, with yourself or others. Absolutely. It's almost like motivation is something you have to find within yourself. You have to look, like, seek it out, and then you'll find it. But um, discipline is something you actually have to create. Um I don't know if it's possible to create motivation. I don't think it's possible to create it out of absolutely nothing. Like you always have to have, it has to be something within you, like a desire, and then you kind of convert it into a drive to go do something and make that drive more noble uh, by using like higher intellect, like take your base desire and convert it into something that's motivating you to do something better. Um, one thing I wanted to list off here, we had a couple ideas. Uh, what are some ways you can actually like stay motivated or ways you can seek motivation? And maybe like we can personally share, uh, how we personally stay motivated. Uh, just to list a few, or if you want to go. Sure. I'll go first. So, so one thing that really motivates me was the, the fact that I used to be a fat loser um like a very fat loser now i'm just a now i'm just a loser i'm a little less fat um Oof. no i'm kidding i'm kidding that's negative self-talk i don't do that shit anymore. Do not, no joke. negative self-talk no negative self-talk i yeah. simply am who i am there's things that i can improve about myself and i choose to improve those things so that's actually one big deal i think is this negative negative self-talk this toxicity it's like dude everyone in the world is going to shit on you because that's how it works. You're a man. Deal with it. You have more responsibility because you have more agency. You'll figure that out when you're older. Don't worry about it right now, but you'll figure it out when you're older. Okay? Everyone in the world, it, you're competing with everyone. You're not competing with men or women. You compete with everyone. Women compete with women. That's fine uh, for the most part. But men, you compete with everyone. So you have to realize you're going to be your own best friend, number one. So figure out how that works for you and how you can essentially speak with yourself or, 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 you know, communicate your thoughts to yourself in a way that's like, how is this, how can this be useful to me? So me saying, me eating my little meal here, you know, does that ruin like, like a year's worth of exercise? No, no, not even close, man. Not even close. Uh, you're the, good, next you're day I'll, the next day I'll be like, okay, you know what? I have to eat a little bit healthier today. I didn't eat the best yesterday and that's fine. You balance it out. You get back on track. And you don't really you don't hate yourself for these little mishaps that occur, um, and that's part of motivation too because it's like I'm motivated to not hate myself because <laughs> if I wanted to hate myself, it'd be pretty easy. I know me best. I know my flaws. I could just crap on myself all the time. But where does that get me? Does that make me better? Does that make me better in my relationships and and you know with the people that I love? No, not even close. If anything, it pulls me away from them because I'm getting, I, I'm too absorbed in my own self-pity. I'm too absorbed in my own bullshit, right? Don't be like that. Just say, I made a mistake. Today, I made a mistake. And that's mm -hmm. fine. And tomorrow, I'm not going to make a mistake. And that's it. 
Uh, and you can even not look at it as a mistake. Like, oh, it is what it is. It happened, and that's fine. And I'm okay with whatever happened. And move on. Like, the acceptance mm-hmm. of your own failures is, like, vital for survival, I think, in a modern world. Uh, the idea that people will be more successful that, than you, the idea that there is bigger fish, uh, regardless of the size of the pond you're in, there's always a bigger fish. That's fine. That's good. But only you are you. That's the reality. Only you have your motivations, experiences, discipline, uh, trials, suffering, you know, uh, good things, bad things, strength, weaknesses. It's all only your own. And you can relate to someone else's. You can relate to ours because we're men. We've had similar potential struggles, right? Struggles with women, struggles with uh, fitness, struggles with success in terms of financial success, struggles in terms of our family lives. You can find things that are in common with people, but the reality is at the end of the day, you are you. You end up living your own circumstances out. And, and it's important to be principled because you're going to live out circumstances. But at the end of the day, it's still your circumstances. So you have to see how your principles apply to the circumstances that exist in your life. Not change them, but to figure out how they actually work. And for me, that was always a motivation to be like, I want to live by a set of a code. I want to be able to live by a certain set of rules, a certain set of rules that I believe in. I think are that are good, that are the supreme good. They're part of the highest good, right? And I believe that's the best ideal for that right now is Christianity. And I don't think that's going to change for a very long time, if not ever. So I live by that set of ideals. I do personally believe in God. I do personally believe in the rules themselves. But let's say I were not to, but the idea is philosophically and pragmatically, it is one of the strongest and most successful in all forms uh, of any of any sort of religion or philosophy. It is one of the most successful. So I'll still True. live it out even if I didn't believe in it, right? And that's a choice. And that's a choice. And I'm motivated for that choice because I know the potential of success that it can have, right? And and then you, you become disciplined in it. You say, well, I'm going to continue living by these rules. I'm going to continue being better in, in my faith. I'm going to continue increasing myself uh, through that lens, through the lens of, of Christianity and see how that works for you. And, you know, unfortunately, because it is a, a faith, people stop believing and that's and that's fine. That's their prerogative. All our job is to do is to plant seeds in ourselves and others is to help them have the potential to grow and, and leave the rest up to God. But that's a whole that's a whole another story. And I didn't mean to go off on that tangent, but the reality is like, you choose, you choose what your success is. And for me, success is love is how can I love the greatest with my own abilities? And for a lot of people, it's not, and that's fine. And and you can't change that. They have to choose that. Right. But you know, you don't, it didn't start with love for me. It didn't start with love, the idea of love, the idea of growth and change and, you know, in the improvement of myself and others, it usually starts with pretty selfish things. It starts with like, you know, wanting to be fit, mm-hmm. wanting to be smart, wanting to get money, you know, and that's good. And that's part of the good. You're, you're aiming higher. There's always something good about aiming higher. How you go about doing that becomes the question. And that's when principles come in. That's when principles should overrule circumstances. And that's mm-hmm. when discipline which you've trained over years to overrule circumstances, 
because you said, I know for a fact that these principles that I live by are better and, and can overcome circumstances that I have. And I must choose through my motivation to live by these principles, which is conviction, essentially, through my convictions and discipline, I choose to live a certain way. As hard as that can be, I've already made the choice. So I'm simply going to live it out. Whatever happens, happens. And this is like number one difficult, most difficult thing to do ever. I'm still not there yet fully. Uh, many people I know who are Christians or non-Christians who, who still have a high aim still aren't there, may never be there. But the point is you have the highest aim. You won't really fall that short in general. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a really good point. And yeah, it was a good tangent because one of the biggest motivations that anyone could have is religion. And that's one of the ones I was going to say is devote yourself to a higher cause. Um, Whether that's Christianity, I know for both of us it is, but um, you could seek a different higher cause as well. That's, That's probably fine if that's what you choose. But just the idea of having something bigger than yourself, and even if it starts with something for yourself, like just being fit, um, then that that could change later. Like maybe you just wanted to look a certain way, but now you're you're in the gym, you realize you're getting stronger, and then that actually helps you provide for your family more. So then strength is a good thing in that sense because now you're. A little more altruistic you're a little more for someone else um, rather than just for yourself and just generally being white-pilled is a good way to stay motivated like believing that everything is going to be fine in the end everything is going to be good um, if you believe like the black pill like I don't think we have to define these terms I think everyone just understands them but Basically, if you're black-pilled, you don't believe that uh, there's any good outcomes anymore. So there's no point in trying. So you're never going to be motivated. But just believing that everything is going to be great in the end, because we know Jesus Christ has a final victory. uh, So it's easy to take the white pill if you're a Christian, in my opinion. You can always have the motivation to try. And just the fact that one of the reasons I love Christianity is for the the uh, the call to discipline, and you just kind of get addicted to. Maybe it's not the right word, but for me, it's like I get pleasure by abstaining from pleasure. So that's why I keep doing it, and then I also just want to see how far I can go on like the discipline uh, track and see if I can eventually just be completely off all pleasure i know it's probably not possible but for a human but yeah i'd like to get there someday and well technically you'll never get there technically you'll never get there because if you take pleasure in not getting pleasure it's a paradox it's impossible not to feel pleasure because if you choose let's say you want more you want higher versions of pleasure which is abstinence and and chastity and discipline and Mm-hmm. fortitude and temperance you know they're still pleasurable but in to the soul rather than pleasurable to the body right so yeah. technically it's paradoxical but not really because the pleasure you seek does not come from bodily 
sensations. It comes from the sensation of your heart and soul, like what moves you, what shapes you as a person. And a lot of people are out of touch with that. So we talk about the mind-muscle connection a lot of the time. You know, the best motivations you'll have in your life come from your soul. Mm -hmm. So, again, one thing like that is like having a family. Where does that come from? It's not monetary. It, It has to do with love. It has to do with the sharing of your own life with another person, the giving of yourself to someone else. Yeah, that has nothing to do with a worldly pleasure because it's a very difficult endeavor. Like marriage is not easy. As you see in North America, mm-hmm. we have about 40% divorce rates for, for first for first marriages, let's say. And it gets higher to second marriages. I think it's like 75% divorce rate for second marriages. And that averages out to about 50% after third marriages. So, you know, don't get too blackpilled on marriage because the reality is like you have a 60% chance of success. Well, I say success as in you having gotten divorced, but divorce doesn't necessarily mean you failed. Uh, and, and staying together doesn't necessarily mean your marriage was good. But, you know, you have that want, you have that need. It doesn't come from society. Because we even see in society today, uh, men and women who've been convinced not to have families, not to get married, not to have kids. As they get older, they realize, I actually do want this. And I'm okay with that. And like, that's Mm. good. Because it's, they've been denying their true nature, right? They've been denying their soul. And I guess that's another part of motivation where it's like, you know, don't allow your motivations to go away just because society doesn't want you to do certain things, you know? And obviously there's things that are bad and are good and and they're based on objective reality. And, you know, it it is your job as an individual. It's your job as a human being to go and seek the truth. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, there are things that are beyond guaranteed. They're beyond your ability to know. And that's when faith comes in. And, and that, again, is a choice. That, again, is a motivation. Like, I choose to believe that there is something greater than just us being space dust on a floating rock that means nothing to anything. I, I choose to believe that there's more than that because it's that's a very mm-hmm. bleak – for me, that's a very bleak outlook on, on reality that there's nothingness and we're just here by chance. And I think that's arguably a detriment to humanity itself. It prevents motivation mm-hmm. at the highest order because – why be motivated when nothing was motivated to create you? You simply are here. And some people can accept that. You see in the Buddhist philosophies and stuff, it's like, oh, I can accept reality. I'm simply just here at the beginning and future, past, uh, present. Okay. Present is the only thing that matters. And like, that's fine. But humanity doesn't thrive off of just present. They thrive off of memories. Yeah. And education. That's what is like, education? Uh, it's a remembering Jordan knowledge. Peterson always says. Or what he says is that like, everything is meaning to a, a human being. Or how we interact with the world is always through meaning. Everything has a certain level of importance to us based on this level of meaning. It's a good way to say it. I really like that idea where we just said something was motivated to create you. So or you can't be motivated unless you know something was motivated to create you. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, like you're you're... We're, we're, we're kind of getting into theology and philosophy right now, but I was going to say you're, you're, you're causational, right? Like your mm-hmm. parents had you and their parents had them and the parents before them had them and all the way, all the way to whatever it yeah. was, Adam and Eve evolution doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. What matters yeah. is the fact that there is a potential for intelligent design. There is a potentiality for creation. 
but which means, again, there was motivation for you to exist. I believe the motivation was because of love. So humans can experience a form of love, right? With a physical body and eventually would shed that to go on to experience love from, from the point of just their soul or there can be no pain and suffering. But not everyone believes that and that's fine. It's not the end of the world if you don't. But the reality is it's very easy to stay motivated. Like you were saying, if you're white-pilled, when you realize not only is everything going to be okay or it's going to be great, it already is great. Mm. As messed up as the world can be right now, I can eat my fries and nuggies and hamburgies <laughs> in the comfort of my home. The world isn't crashing in on my head right now. And, and yeah, it sucks that it does crash in on people's heads and it, it probably will eventually crash in on all of ours. But the end mm. of the day is that's great the end result of that is likely going to be great from the standpoint of something greater than ourselves. Maybe we can't look at it as great and none of us are going to be Job because Job is like the quintessential faith enjoyer where he's like, I don't care what happens to me. I believe and I will not stop believing. I will mm-hmm. get as depressed as I can get regardless. I'm still going to believe. And that's like unshakable motivation. Um, there's a discipline to that. That's when they're really hand in hand when you're like, I'm going to stick this out because my motivation to believe is so great. I don't even need discipline. Arguably, they, they almost, they're, they're both not necessary because like harboring the truth in your soul is greater than the potentialities of motivation and discipline, etc. Mm-hmm. Harboring like true love in your soul is greater than any possible other potentiality that you could have inside your body and i don't know there's nothing else i can really say to that but again this is about discipline and motivation these are earthly things we're talking about earthly things this is an earthly podcast (laughs) because we're on earth this is not a heavenly podcast are we are we we on earth (laughs) we are on earth we could be in hell actually right now and it's it's not so bad with the with the fries and nuggies to be honest but uh (laughs) No, no, we are on Earth. So stay grounded. Stay mm-hmm. humble. Stay humble. Speaking of, like, uh, just like, just to close off that section, just wanted to, a couple more small tips for being motivated. Um, reading, like, classic uh, literature, like epic ancient stories and stuff like that is a good way to be motivated because you can read about these values, like biggest examples, probably Lord of the Rings. And you can see these real heroic values represented in great stories. And then taking those archetypes, you can embody them within yourself. You know, Tolkien's one of the last um, authors who wrote like really good stories with actual characters that were, holy good and holy evil not this uh this anti-hero stuff that basically every story is every movie produced today it's always like oh the guy's a hero but he's also got a dark side and you know whatever maybe that's more accurate but when you hold up an ideal for people i think it's more powerful in terms of motivating internally like how how should you be you should be looking up to this ideal um and yeah like listening to epic tracks of music can also be another highly motivating thing just for 
maybe you haven't listened to that like like what's it called like the genre specifically is like epic orchestra or stuff like two steps from hell if anyone uh, wants to look that up i listen to that a lot and it's uh very motivating yeah so i think we'll get into um you know actual tips how to actually stay motivated how to actually stay disciplined so like we said you need to create goals for yourself and you need to start slow. So let's do an actual order. We're going to do an order of operations of how to stay motivated. Or sorry, how to get motivated, how to stay disciplined in that motivation and continue forward in consistency. So let's mm-hmm. get started. One, write. You need, not want, not, no, no, no. You need to write down your goals. You need to write down what you desire, what you want. Major key. It's a major key. I don't care if you write it in a note. I don't care if you write it on your little reminder app on your iPhone that says, want to be fit. I don't care. I don't care how specific it is, how vague it is. I don't care where it starts. I don't care if you write it in it tomorrow or in a thousand days from now. You need to write it down. You need to make it clear to yourself what you want. And again, it can be vague. It can be unspecific. It can be very specific. It doesn't matter. You need to write it down. You need to create a tangible thing you can look at and say, oh, this thing is what I want or wanted, and you can change it. That's fine. But you need mm-hmm. to start somewhere. You need to start with a foundation, and the foundation can be anything, and that's fine. Right? So start with exactly what you want, and then create small steps of getting there. That's all you have to do. The first, the first thing you ever do is know what you want or know what you think you want at the very minimum, in a vague or specific way is up to you. And then write down how you think you could get there. So obviously we talk about fitness, but I want to go off track here. I want to say, I want to be a lawyer, for example. I want to be a lawyer. Oh, I'm in high school. I'm in grade 10, let's say. I want to be a lawyer. What does it take for me to be a lawyer right now? I need to get good grades in school. Okay, cool. I need to have stress management. This is a little advanced, but I need to manage my stress such that I can get good grades in school. Okay, true. I need to have a decent family relationship such that I can get good grades in school. Okay, good. So so now we're ordering the, the necessities of each little goal to achieve our major goal of becoming a lawyer. Um, you know, I want to... Some like some ways I manage stress are doing physical activity. So maybe you want to do a sport that doesn't involve your hands because you need your hands to write and type and do lawyery things. You don't really need to walk necessarily to be a lawyer. So maybe you choose to play soccer as your stress management coping rather than rugby where you will break fingers. I promise you, you will break fingers. In hockey, you may not even break fingers as much unless you fight. And again, that's up to you. But like... Like, like, be smart about it. Just, just think a little bit about your, what your goal is. Well, I want to be a lawyer. Well, okay, cool. So what does that mean? I, that means I need to have good grades. That means I need to communicate well with others. So if you're not the best communicator, learn how to communicate. Make that a priority. Learn how to communicate things in your relationship. Um, you know, law is does a lot of interpretation of logic and, and rules. Learn other rules. Learn how to interpret, interpret rules. Learn how to interpret uh, circumstances based on rules. Learn logic. Um, maybe you can utilize philosophy for this, right? You can utilize more um, abstract, uh, so like 
I wouldn't call it social sciences, but like more abstract concepts in order to say, in order to learn how to articulate things better, in order to learn how to decipher yeah. things. Learning psychology will help you analyze yourself, understand your own mind, and then you can better better set your goals and then better um, go after those same goals. The main goal is like an umbrella, like you said, and then all these all these other goals come down from it. And they might not even seem related at first, like how does uh, having a better relationship with my family relate to be, becoming a lawyer? But like you said, it's it's all about managing your stress so then you can get good grades, so then you can get into school, so then you can be a lawyer. But you got to think about all those steps in the long run. And even if you change it, maybe like a couple of years down the line, I don't want to be a lawyer anymore, but you've already fixed a lot of these issues that you had and now you're getting better grades you've opened up more possibilities for yourself that you can now choose from so by the act of planning these things you've now um even exponentially improved because the future is infinitely big with uh in terms of i need to say like directions you can take you can go in an infinite number of directions basically especially if you are so young you have so much potential which makes that a good example and now i'll also add a tip that i think is very important if our goal is the umbrella and everything underneath it is things that help to achieve said goal what is the rain the rain mm -hmm is the bullshit it's the distractions <laughs> from your goal it's yeah you're in high school going going to too many parties and again stress management going to going to enjoy things with friends is a big deal but going to every single party is not a necessity you have to realize that that is a distraction it takes you away from your potential goals you know overly drinking overly eating um overly you know or d doing drugs really like all these things are distractions, you know, too much, uh, dealing with too many women, dealing with women inconsistently, uh, having women as your main source of value for yourself. So now that's another thing we have to add on the umbrella. I want to become a lawyer. So the, the, what brings me the most value is my potentiality to be a lawyer, right? It's from my good grades. It's from my relationships with others. It's from maybe having a more consistent girlfriend because that way, you can manage stress in an easier way because you only have to deal with one relationship rather than multiple if you're still trying to get with women or none at all, right? Like, mm. it's that's a potential choice for you, right? Like, you are very likely for listening to a podcast. You're a young man. You might be in college or high school. Chances are you're a young guy. You don't need to have mm. a girlfriend at, at 20 or 22 or 23 or even 24. Maybe you might start looking when you're at 26, when you say, "Oh, you know what? I, I've actually, I've actually been able to, uh, you know, have kind of a good starting point in my career. Now I can start being more consistent with a woman, with a specific woman, right? And then that, that's not to say to be promiscuous in your early age, and that's not to say not to date either in your early age. You might date not for the purpose of marrying, but to understand." yourself better to understand what you want in a relationship better to understand women a bit better to experience certain things that you don't want to experience with random fucking girls um 
you know, there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons to date. I obviously for me, I'd only date for marriage, so I would not date anyone I couldn't potentially see marrying. But again, you can still do the same thing and 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 get experience from one or two or maybe maybe even three different women potentially as long-term partners, right? Or just going out on dates with girls and, and be like, oh well, I don't like this about certain women. I don't I do like this about certain things. So I'll look for again, you add to this umbrella, right? This this it's infinitely long, but it starts somewhere and it covers yourself from the distractions. So interesting. You know. Take your time. Hurry mm-hmm. up though. <laughs> Choice is yours, don't be late. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, um I did want to uh that last section I just want to talk about the mind kind of how the mind works um a good way to think about it when you're thinking of discipline um basically the mind is three different levels and if you've you've read Jordan Peterson you might understand Um, the way he talks about like how our brain evolved. So basically you start with the lowest level, which is the reptilian brain, as they say, because it's the oldest, um, the oldest part of the brain is basically motor functions and it's what causes you to have, um, your base desires like for food and for lust. And then above that is the, the mammal brain. Uh, which controls yeah basically it's emotion um mammals feel emotion but reptiles don't it's a good way to remember it and then above that in the highest portion on basically the top of your head is the neocortex which is where all the thoughts happen in the human brain it's all the um, actual thinking gets done this is what basically separates us from the animals is that we can actually have these higher thoughts and have reasoning. Um, and it's really interesting when you think about like how we have brain scans and we can actually see what parts of the brain do what, and then it's, oh, it actually fits right into the hierarchy that the, the lowest part of the brain is what controls our, our body and our base desires. Then the middle is emotions. Then the very top is reasoning. Mm-hmm. Um, so these three, uh, parts of the brain represent from top down thinking feeling and acting and in classical philosophy um, basically what they came up with was the mantra as I think so I feel so I act Um, so you can take this away when you have these uh, impulses to do some kind of action it's better to run it through this process, think about it, feel the emotion from it, and then act. Mm-hmm. It's the best way to filter out um, impulsive actions and things that you maybe shouldn't be doing. Think about it first, feel it, and then take the action, if that's what you only what you want to do, if you've already decided to do it based on your um, neocortex reasoning. I'm curious. Curious what you think of that. I, uh, I'm mad. I, I don't that. have reasoning. <laughs> Everything is emotional to me, Man. and I acted out. So, so, so you go from feel to act. 
basically. I don't think <laughs> thinking don't is think. for suckers. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. You need to think, or else you're That's actually screwed. That's um, interesting because another thing people do: a lot of people they take the middle out, they take the heart out of it, basically, and they just think and then act. And it's kind of like the the cruel, emotionless mm-hmm. way of acting. You just I think about something and then I do it. I think and then I do it. I don't actually feel um, anything from it. And it's yeah. like what I said right at the beginning, like it's unbalanced. You're not using, you're using your, just the reasoning or you're either using just the emotions and then acting. You're not using um, both at the same time. That's the, the, the goal is to have it balanced. That's the optimal way of, of functioning. So true. Yeah, I, I don't, uh, honestly, I have nothing else to add. I think, you know, the most important thing, if you're going to take away anything from this, is find what motivates you and mm-hmm. pursue it to the point where discipline can carry on when motivation is lacking. And I think that's the best way for me to personally sum all of this up. Absolutely. I, I would agree that was a good episode. And uh, just remember, if you treat yourself optimally, you're going to be optimally performing. So good, healthy habits, all that affects holistically everything, including motivation and discipline. With self-discipline, most anything is possible. Teddy Roosevelt.